0: podcast network your team every day you're
1: locked on lightning your daily podcast on the tampa bay lightning part
0: of the locked on podcast network your team every day what's up everybody welcome to another episode of locked on lightning part of the locked on podcast network i'm your host adam danker happy monday hope everybody's having a fantastic actually it's tuesday i'm losing track of days so happy tuesday corrected myself on there on today's episode of locked on lightning huge episode huge huge episode if you follow us on instagram or twitter you already know what's coming up if you don't follow us on instagram or twitter go ahead and follow us at LO underscore Lightning on Twitter and on underscore Lightning on Instagram. We have a huge guest today on today's show, and that is Kenny Albert. We'll get to Kenny in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about two of today's sponsors. First off, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Action baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Com. Get all the latest news, odds, info, and sporting for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website right now or use your cell phone and sign up today and receive a fifty percent fifty percent welcome bonus. That's five zero a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online your sport, sports book experts use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus that's promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and let's head on over to another one of today's sponsors and that is stat hero do you know 85% of people who play fantasy sports lose it is really that surprising. The game is rigged. It's rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Well, with Stat Hero, no more losing, no more, you know, wasting your time. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control within reach, a control of winning. Here's how it works: stat hero shows up, shows you their lineups, dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house. And in a head-to-head fantasy matchup, you name the stakes, winner-take-all. You have the vantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Who does that? Show me who else does that. Guess what? Nobody does that except Stat Hero. Go to stathero.com/slash locked on. Sign up for free right now, and you could get three times, three times back on your first play, giving you a three hundred percent match. That's unheard of. Who else does that? Nobody except Stat Hero. You can get go to stathero.com use slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. All right. So without further ado, here's my interview with Kenny Albert. And we're back on Locked On Lightning. And on today's show, you might have heard his name before. I don't know if you've heard him uh somewhere watching a any sporting event at any time. But joining me on today's episode of Locked On Lightning is the one and only Kenny Hour. Kenny, welcome to Locked on Lightning. How you doing? I'm great, Adam. Thanks for uh having me on. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh as as I know and as everybody knows, uh this this last I guess year or so has been incredibly busy for everybody and crazy. And and just there's there's a lot of things that have been happening to everyone, especially in the sports business and, and, and media and your your schedule is already hectic as it is you know you have a full slate between hockey you're doing basketball here you're doing boxing now and then you're 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 doing football uh first of all how how have you been able to cope with doing all of that and the COVID restrictions and just you know being able to 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 do all that during all these crazy times
1: well you're right it has been a bit of a crazy schedule over the last 15 20 25 years Uh, a bit of a jigsaw puzzle fitting everything together, and uh, during the last year and a half, uh, since the start of the pandemic, uh, from last March uh, 13th, I guess, 2020, until I left for the bubble in Edmonton around August 5th, I think I was home for 146 consecutive days, which was certainly unusual uh, during normal times, bouncing around on a plane every three or four days, sometimes uh, five or six times a week, right? But then uh, once, once I got home from Edmonton, uh, right before the Lightning won their first of two straight Cups, uh, I actually called that Stanley Cup final from a studio in Stanford, Connecticut on Westwood One Radio when the Lightning beat the Dallas Stars. And then uh, began the NFL season last year. Uh, we were traveling. We were in the stadiums, although with a lot of restrictions and, and protocol in place. Uh, and then once hockey started up, and I do a little bit of basketball, as you alluded to as well. Uh, For the most part, we worked the home games in the arenas and stadiums and the away games off monitors out of a studio. So uh, that was a lot different for all of us. Uh, Definitely more challenging, but I think we all got used to it. And then come playoff time, in the first round of the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs, I had a combination of games, both in person and out of a studio. But then from the second round on, we were traveling. I had Vegas, Colorado in round two. Uh, the Lightning Islanders in round three, and then, of course, the Stanley Cup final between the Lightning and Canadians. So uh, it was a bit of a different year, not as much travel. Uh, I would say 30 to 40 games off monitors, if not more. And uh, we'll see what the future holds as far as uh, whether we're back to traveling all the time or whether it's a combination of being in some arenas and in the studio for other games. But it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, It was a lot of fun covering the lightning over those last two rounds, a tremendous seven game series with the Islanders. And then of course the five game series with Montreal, which was probably a little closer than that a four, one series would indicate uh, the Canadians winning that fourth game in overtime lightning coming back and uh, winning a one, nothing game at home uh, to wrap up the cup. So um, a lot of fun, a lot different over the last 14 to 16 months, but uh you know, hopefully all the protocols and restrictions kept everybody safe and healthy. And uh, now
0: we move forward. Yeah, and, and you, you put it perfectly. It was just weird. And you just had to adjust throughout the, the whole process of it. And kind of just backtrack, you, you mentioned you were in Edmonton. And you were basically stuck there for the duration of the playoffs. And so what kind of, how, how was that experience for you throughout that whole run?
1: You know, thinking back, Adam, it, it was so much fun uh, for those of us who were there. Now it obviously was not uh, a, a good reason as to why we were there, due to the due to the COVID pandemic. But the NHL did such a tremendous job uh, with both bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton, uh, where I was. Um, I was there for 37 days, so it was a year ago at this time. Um, I arrived on August 5th. I spent the first four days in a quarantine in my hotel room. Uh, the good thing was there were like four or five hockey games on every day hmm. uh, from both from both Uh, venues. So uh, the days went pretty quick in the quarantine. I just watched hockey all day and prepared for the games that I would be working. And then I guess starting on August 9th or 10th, it was really a whirlwind. I think I worked 34 or 37 games while I was there, uh, beginning with the first round. And then in the second round, um, I worked every game of both Western series. Uh, You had Vancouver, Vegas, and Colorado, Dallas. So it was every day. And then Uh, into the conference final uh, between Vegas and Dallas. And then, of course, the Lightning and Islanders were there at that point. But there were days in the first round of the playoffs where Pierre Maguire and I worked three games, three Stanley Cup playoff games in one day, twice. Uh, There were a number of days where we worked two games. um, And the one that stands out, game seven, both Vancouver, Vegas, and Dallas, Colorado, on the same day in round two. So... It was so much fun. It it was hockey all the time. We were in a hotel five minutes from the arena, five-minute walk. Uh, We had to stay in the bubble, literally. There were fences up surrounding the two hotels where the teams and all the TV personnel and the league personnel and the officials stayed. Uh, We were fenced in, two hotels and the arena. Uh, There were five or six restaurants where you could eat. Uh, We all felt safe because we were all tested every day. Mm -hmm. And you had to wear masks aside from when you were working. But we were eating at indoor restaurants because everybody was tested. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, thinking back, it, it was tremendous. You know, you'd run into coaches and players. There was a plaza area outside Roger's Place. And you'd run into players, coaches, officials. And it was really only us. There were three or 400 people inside the bubble. And that was it. Um, calling games in the empty arena. You know, I had to remind myself to keep up the energy and, and the enthusiasm. Um, and again, you know, the reasons we were there weren't great, but it was really a once-in-a-lifetime experience to have eight teams in the first round playing in one arena and then four teams in the second round and four teams in the conference finals. So, uh, you know, when I think back, it was among the, uh, the events that I've worked that, that stand out the most throughout my career in broadcasting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up uh, – you actually beat me to the punch on that. I was going to ask you – uh, how are you able to, you know, remind yourself, just keep up the energy, give up the energy? Because I'm sure it was some sort of a daunting task when you first walked in those first couple of games and there's nobody in the arena but the players. Yeah, it was strange. I
1: went to a game before I worked a game. Uh, the day I got out of the quarantine, there was a Blackhawks game, uh, I think, against Vegas. I'm not sure who, the, who their opponent was. It was Vegas, I think, in the preliminary round. Yeah. So I sat there and without headphones on. I wasn't working. And I was about 20 rows up. And I went to about five or six games that I wasn't working. And I'm one of the only, quote, fans in the building. You know, there were some security workers and, uh, you know, the, the maintenance crew in the building. And, and that was about it. So it was it was cool, actually. Um, but you could hear everything. You could yeah. hear the chat on the ice, the players, the coaches. I had one official, one of the referees, tell me that he could hear my call during the game down on the ice. Uh, because we were only about 20 rows up. Since there were no fans in the building, they were able to set up our broadcast booth on the lower concourse. So that was that was different. Um, but again, it was just so much fun. Uh, you know, you couldn't really, you we couldn't get as much exercise as you normally would like because we were fenced in. Uh, there was a gym at the hotel, but one of the things that I did, I played ping pong every day. They had ping pong tables all over the place. For the players and for the teams and the officials so I played about an hour of ping pong every day and you know it was just good to keep the mind occupied and get a little bit of exercise even though you're not really running around that much right. um, you can get a lot more exercise in ping pong than one would expect <laughs> uh, when you play it for about
0: 20 or 25 straight days. Yeah, I remember when the bubble first started and the players were getting acclimated to the environment. I That was one of the things that came out, that there was these massive ping-pong tournaments amongst the players on a daily basis. And Yeah, I heard, I heard that as well. Now,
1: apparently in Toronto, there was some more open space near the hotels. Yeah. In Edmonton, it was a pretty condensed area. They did allow us to go, and it was still considered part of the bubble. They had an NHL bus. Uh, With the security guards, they were watching to make sure that you only went where you were supposed to. And there were no outsiders allowed in. But they actually opened up the football stadium where the Edmonton CFL team played for a year. And we were able to go there and run around and kick a soccer ball, throw a football, walk the steps, do laps. So that was still considered in the bubble because you literally went on a bus from inside the bubble right into the stadium. Uh, There were no outsiders uh, involved. So uh, I did that once. That was... That was uh, pretty cool to go and,
0: and uh, kick a football and kick a soccer ball around uh, around the stadium in Edmonton. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I completely forgot about that. And, and now that you say that, I remember that infamous picture of Rod Brindamore on, on the field with no shirt running around. And a lot of people right. were saying that he could still play. Uh, so kind of shifting towards the lightning, what was the thing that surprised you the most dating back to the first uh, Stanley Cup run and then as, you know, coming towards this playoff run? Well, I think, you know, losing to Columbus, and I know it's been well documented, getting
1: swept in 2019, um, you know, that obviously uh, led to the the reshaping of, of part of their mentality as far as the makeup of the team and acquiring the players such as Barkley Goodrow and, and Blake Coleman, uh, David Savard this year. And I think that had a direct effect on, on winning the two cups, um, you know, both under difficult circumstances. Uh, the first cup in the bubble, not being around their families for 70 days and winning it in front of an empty arena. And then even in the playoffs this year, um, you know, limited fans early on. And then uh, the situation during the final in Montreal where we all had to be in somewhat of a quarantine uh, they did get to win it on home ice, which was great for the lightning and their families and the fans, but, uh, such a terrific management team, you know, with the owner, Jeff Vinnick, Julian brisbois right on down, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of John Cooper. I think he and his staff have done a tremendous job. Um, and then, you know, when you look at the players and, and th- there were four or five or six guys that probably could have been considered for the Conn Smythe trophy as playoff MVP. Uh, you know, Braden Point, when you look at what he did earlier in the playoffs and, uh, you know, Ryan McDonough, Victor Hedman, um, uh, of course, Kucherov coming back from the injury and not playing at all during the regular season, uh, Steven Stamkos last year coming in yeah. and scoring a goal in, in the only game he played in during the final, uh, the entire line of Coleman, Goodrow and Gord, uh, some of the role players, you know, Pat Maroon, Matthew Joseph, I think I've just named about half the roster, <laughs> but, uh, you know, to win two Stanley Cups in 10 months is not easy, um. Yeah hockey hockey uh you know fans and media often think back and refer to the islanders winning the four cups in a row in the early 80s 19 straight series and we haven't seen that since in almost 40 years it's hard enough to win two in a row and you know we saw detroit do it uh in 2007 and 8 we saw pittsburgh in 2016 and 2017 but for the lightning to do it under these circumstances during COVID and testing every day and not being around their families, you just have to give them so much credit. And uh, like I said, some of the moves they made, Coleman, Gord, Savard, um, you know, last year bringing in Kevin Shattenkirk and Zach Bogosian and just guys, you know, that added, uh, you know, both skill and grittiness. Um, But I think it was that sweep at the hands of Columbus that sort of led to the change in mentality. They had the skill. You know, John Cooper likes to talk about the fact that, you know, now in 2020 and 21 – the Lightning would be content winning those one nothing games, you know, not just the 7-4 games, outscoring other teams. And uh, we saw that uh, one nothing in both uh, the conference final against the Islanders and the Stanley Cup final against Montreal. And, of course, tremendous goaltending. I didn't mention Andre Vasilevsky yet, but he's been the best goaltender in the world over the last two years and uh,
0: certainly uh, well-deserving of the playoff MVP award. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you say. That, of course. You
1: know, shut out five straight opponents in a series game. You know, that's something that, uh, you know, we probably won't see again for a long, long time.
0: Yeah. And and really, the question I want to ask you, Kenny, is can they do it a third time? I I think that they have done enough in the offseason to prove that they have. They've replaced the players that need to be replaced. They brought back Zach Bogosian, who was on the first cup winning team. And and really, I, I think if they win the third, not only obviously it's a huge accomplishment, it being a, a three-peat, but really given the cap situation, I, I think that really this is probably one of the, this is probably the second most difficult cup that a team has ever won, obviously the first being in the bubble. Uh, do you think from what you saw from this team, uh, that's a, a possibility?
1: I don't think you can count them out. You know, there are a lot of good teams in their division, in the conference, in the league. So it won't be easy. Everybody's going to be gunning for them. Um, they did lose a number of good players, as you know, and, and your listeners know. Uh, but the top two lines are pretty much intact. And by bringing back Bogosian for some depth on D, I know they lost Savard, um, bringing in Corey Perry. You know, what a, what a, what a story. Yeah a guy who's won a cup earlier in his career. Now he's lost to the Lightning in the final two straight years with Dallas and Montreal, and now he joins the team. And I read the great uh, Tom Jones column the other day on the recruitment by Pat Maroon and, um, you know, the entire situation. I think he's a great addition, especially come postseason time.
0: Yeah, that's going to be fantastic to see, especially when – uh, the teams hit the ice, and you see uh, those two on the same line, and, and I, I feel sorry for any team that's going to have to face off against those guys uh yeah, times a night. So, kind of jumping from hockey to just your other fields of work. Um, really, obviously, because of you know the, the legacy in sportscasting with with your family. What was the reason why you decided to get into broadcasting in the first place? Well, you know, I,
1: I was always around it. As you mentioned, I had my father and my two uncles who were play-by-play broadcasters for uh, a long, long time. And when I was five or six years old, uh, my parents gave me a tape recorder for my birthday, a toy tape recorder. And, um, you know, just always started uh, mimicking my father and my uncles. I would do broadcasts in my bedroom, off the television, into the tape recorder. And it's really all that I ever wanted to do. And I would tag along and go to games in the various sports. And when I was old enough, I would start bringing a tape recorder to Madison Square Garden or Shea Stadium and broadcast games into the tape recorder. And um, it just was always a lot of fun, uh, watching sports, studying sports, hearing stories. I always joke that family meals back in the day during birthdays or holidays or other celebrations, that felt like the first all sports radio station. Mm -hmm. I would sit around and listen to all these stories. So uh, there's really nothing else I would rather do. Uh, I never feel like I'm going to work, even though there's a lot of preparation and a lot of travel. That goes into it. Uh, Never feel like I'm working. Um, You know, played sports as a kid. Wasn't wasn't very good. Um, Actually played, believe it or not, Adam, played club hockey in college against John Cooper. Wow. We we figured this out. Uh, The first time I met John was during the playoffs in 2015 in Montreal, ironically, when the Lightning played the Canadians. And I had never met John before this. And Joe Micheletti and I were working the game and we were at practice And John uh, saw me out of the corner of his eye, and he said, when I'm done with the media, I have to ask you a question. And I'm thinking to myself, did I say something on the air about him that maybe got back to him that he didn't like? I I didn't think I did. Mm -hmm. I had never even met the man before. It turns out uh, I played club hockey for NYU, New York University. Mm -hmm. He was at Hofstra. Now, I was aware that John attended Hofstra on Long Island and played lacrosse. I didn't realize that he played club hockey. And we did play against Hofstra back in 1988, 1989. And it turns out a friend of his from the Hofstra club hockey team who wound up working on Wall Street in New York for many, many years, and they kept in touch, somehow knew that I played for NYU. And he told John, if he ever broadcast one of your games, let him know that we played against Mm -hmm. him. So I don't think they remembered me from the actual uh, playing days or any of my skill or lack thereof. But we actually did play
0: against each other over 30 years ago. That's that's crazy how small of a world it is. Uh, and, and really, what is your favorite sport? You know, I'm, I'm sure every broadcaster, if you were to ask them uh, whether they want to admit it or not, they have a preference. Is it hockey or or are you more so into maybe football? You know, obviously, a lot of people know you for for what you do with Fox. And and, and so what what is your preference when it comes down to uh, uh, calling a game? Well, I love
1: all of them. It's like asking which kid you like the best Mm -hmm. if you have four or five kids, right? Uh, Growing up, hockey was my favorite. Now, the others were not far behind. Right. um, But I loved playing hockey. My goal was to broadcast hockey on the radio. That was what I wanted to do. And I was real lucky to get hired by the Baltimore Skipjacks, the Washington Capitals affiliate at the time in the American Hockey League. That was my first job in 1990. Our assistant coach was Barry Trotz. We were roommates on the road, so another small world story. I go from playing against John Cooper in 1989 to rooming in hotels all across the Northeast with Barry Trotz in 1990. Um, So hockey was it. That was what I wanted to do. Uh, I was real fortunate. Myself and Joe Buck and Tom Brenneman and Kevin Harlan, we were all young play-by-play broadcasters in the right place at the right time when Fox acquired the rights to the NFL away from CBS in 94. And we were all hired at a really young age and looking forward to season number 28, which is crazy to say of of the NFL on Fox. And, you know, it's like comparing apples and oranges, Um, love hockey. There's nothing like the Stanley cup playoffs, but the adrenaline you have at one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, when they kick off an NFL game and you're doing the broadcast on TV, that's pretty special also. So it's really tough to compare. Love them both. Uh, Really enjoy doing basketball as well. And I, I've done baseball for many, many years, yeah. uh, 10, 15 games a year. So I uh, love them all. Just had the opportunity to broadcast volleyball, believe it or not, uh, during the Winter Olympics uh, from Stanford, Connecticut. I was not in Tokyo, yeah. but I did call uh, beach volleyball and some indoor volleyball and a couple of baseball games from Stanford. So I love the variety. But uh, as a youngster, as a teenager into my college years, uh, hockey was it. That was what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah, that, that's crazy how – and. You go from volleyball one day to, to, to football in a in a in a couple of mornings. yeah. I mean, in the last
1: you know since since early July, uh, had had the great fortune to call the Lightning winning the Cup yeah. on
0: NBC, uh, and then volleyball at the Olympics, and now getting ready for the NFL season. Yeah, that it, it's unbelievable how how many hats you wear, and and really, I'm sure there's some games that stick out to you. So really, when you look at all the games that you've covered across all these sports. What are you know? I, I'm not going to sit here and have you list them all out, but what is the one game? I guess you, if you had off the top of your head, that really sticks out to you.
1: You know, you know, you know. There, there are a number of them, Adam. It's really ironic. Um, the, the one that I get asked about the most often, and I, I've, I've done, uh, you know, more hockey and football games than, than the other sports, but. Uh, the one that I get asked about the most is the Jose Bautista home run, Mm. uh, the the Toronto Blue Jays and Texas Rangers, the playoff series back in 2015. I was calling that series for Fox, um, in hockey, you know, I've called a number of Stanley Cup final series, uh, mostly on the radio, of course, this year on television. So I put the lightning and Montreal game five, right up there. It was my first Stanley Cup, uh, clinching game on the TV side, um, you know, I think back to the New York Rangers winning the Cup for the first time in 54 years in 94. I called that one on the radio. Uh, five divisional playoff games in the NFL. Uh, the one that stands out would be San Francisco, New Orleans uh, back in January of 2012. Alex Smith and Drew Brees going back and forth with uh, four touchdowns in the last four minutes. Called a Sugar Bowl with Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw as my partners in the booth. Uh, that was Notre Dame LSU back in 2007. So that's certainly up there as well. Um, uh, have the opportunity to call about 20 Knicks basketball games with Walt Clyde Frazier every year. So I know it's a long answer to a short question, but, um, also the U S women winning the gold in hockey in 2018 in Pyeongchang. That's certainly up there on my
0: list as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll be leaving NBC obviously, cause NBC will no longer be broadcasting the NHL games. You'll be going over to TNT, uh, being the main man there, uh, what I wanted to ask you though about your time at MBT, uh, NBC excuse me, what was the effect that Doc Emmerich had on you while you you two worked together?
1: Oh he, he's the absolute greatest you know as far as hockey play by play people go, um, I refer to Doc as the Vince Scully of of hockey and uh, you know so happy that he was able to go out on his own terms. he called the lightning. Uh, defeating Dallas in the 2020 cup and announced his retirement a couple of years later. But I, I've known doc for a long time. I actually did stats for him when he was filling in on Rangers radio back in the late 1980s. And he became a good friend and colleague. We spent uh, four Olympics together uh, exchanging notes and information and pronunciations. So uh, a, a great friend, a tremendous colleague and uh, really the voice of hockey over the last 30 years in North America. So, uh, a lot of us wouldn't be where we are without Doc Emmerich. Uh, still keep in
0: touch with him and just a wonderful person, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, now that Doc has it has basically handed the torch over to you to, to kind of lead the charge with hockey, uh, you'll be over on TNT. And so, all my listeners, make sure to go ahead and look out for Kenny when he's doing all the hockey games. As appreciate well it obviously uh for for buccaneer fans as well they'll be seeing quite a bit of you this year uh with them trying to i, hope so. I don't
1: have the bucks on my schedule the first four weeks oh, okay.
0: but
1: hopefully down the line um, yeah I've, I've called numerous games in tampa i worked with the great ronde barber for three years and we were fortunate enough to call the game when he was inducted into the bucks ring of honor
0: a couple of years ago so yeah. uh always enjoy doing bucks games yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Kenny, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, appreciate you coming on, and hopefully, we can have you back on at you know maybe when you have a lull in your schedule.
1: Well, I love it. Thanks, Adam. Uh, really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Enjoy the rest of the summer, and uh, look forward to getting back down to Tampa for both Lightning and Bucks games, and uh, look forward to doing this again real soon as well.
0: And before we wrap things up on today's show, I just want to talk to you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar in the world. They have tons of delish- delicious flavors, so there's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got some of the great ones and the classic ones. They got Cherry Bar, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies & Cream, and german chocolate that's just the name of few and the best thing about them they not only just taste great but they're healthy for you too they have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty and all healthy so go to builtbar.com use that promo code locked on and you'll get 15 percent off on your next order that's promo code Locked on for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, just to wrap things up, uh, huge thanks to Kenny Albert. Uh, amazing that he took time out of his busy schedule. Uh, as, you so, as you heard, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you know that this is really you know he only has so much time between sporting events to where he has so much downtime so you know once again huge thanks to him for taking time out of his downtime (laughs) to really come on the show recap his experience in the bubble as well as his career so yeah huge thanks to him and we hope to have him on the show in the future so that's been it for today's episode of Locked On Lightning part of the Locked On Podcast Network I'm your host Adam Danker I'll talk to you in the next one